Welcome to the Fitness Drifter Podcast. My name is Abby. In this podcast, I try and focus on body confident health, fitness, and wellness for men. So we talk about things like body image, body positivity, eating disorders, diet culture, fat phobia, and how to navigate these and how to have a healthy relationship with food and exercise and look after both our mental and physical health. If you listen to past episodes of this podcast, you'll know that I do talk fairly regularly about eating disorders. So I've done one about eating disorders in men generally, and then I've done specific episodes on binge eating disorder, orthorexia, and bulimia. To round that out, I want to turn my attention to another fourth specified eating disorder, and that is anorexia, and specifically anorexia in men. First of all, what is anorexia? I think when someone hears the term eating disorder or something along those lines, it's probably the one that most people think of. And it's probably the one that's most commonly depicted in any kind of visual media. And that's probably because the way it manifests visually or physically, I guess, is sort of more distinct than with other eating disorders because the thinness or the change to your body shape is much more noticeable with that than maybe with others. In terms of what is anorexia, I'm going to quote from the NHS website directly. Anorexia is an eating disorder where sufferers try to keep their weight as low as possible by undernourishing or overexercising or both. It often stems from distorted self-image, no matter how slim someone is thinking that they need to lose weight. It's particularly common for young women and it can often start from teens or maybe even preteens. But having said that, while that is the most commonly affected demographic, it can affect both men and women of any age, background, or ethnicity. That's kind of what anorexia is. It's in very, very, very simple terms. It's really undernourishing yourself to the extent of maybe even starving yourself to try and achieve a body weight that's as low as possible. I did try and find some stats on how common anorexia is in men, and it took a little bit of mental gymnastics to try and get something vaguely resembling a number. Any sources I'm using, I've linked to in the show notes. So I found a page on the website for the National Center for Eating Disorders in the UK. And it estimates that males make up 1-5% to of anorexia cases. Something to bear in mind with anorexia, and to be honest, probably other eating disorders as well, is that men are much less likely to seek out diagnosis or support. So if they're diagnosed at all, it's likely to be later along in that journey than it would be for women. So 1-5% to of anorexia cases are estimated to be men. The UK eating disorder charity called BEAT, B-E-A-T, estimates that 1.25 million people in the UK have an eating disorder, and a 2017 study estimated that 8% of eating disorders are anorexia. So taking all of that in combination, say you have 1.25 million people in the UK with an eating disorder, of which 8% are anorexia, that's 100,000 people with anorexia. If you then take the first thing I mentioned of 1-5% to of anorexia cases being male, that means that somewhere between 1,000 and 5,000 men in the UK have anorexia. I did find an article by the National Eating Disorders Association in the US, which suggests that 25% of people with anorexia are male, and that 0.1-0.3% to of all men will develop anorexia. So when you look at those numbers, it's probably higher than the 1 to 5k. But it's very hard to pinpoint specific stats. I can only kind of look at the research that's available and try and make some estimates based off of that. But what you can see from that, at least, is that anorexia, it's not exactly uncommon. It is more common in women than it is in men, but that doesn't mean men are not affected by it. And if you are a man dealing with anorexia, that doesn't mean you're alone in it. Next up, we're going to look at some warning signs or symptoms for anorexia. And I like to call it warning signs because... It is a bit of a spectrum how symptoms manifest. You may find that some of these behaviors you're starting to notice or you're starting to notice in someone else. And if you can notice those and catch it early, then it can be easier to recover from and, you know, maybe not go through the sort of worst part of dealing with an eating disorder or recovering from an eating disorder. I'm going to just read off a list of potential symptoms and warning signs. So first of all is a sudden or dramatic weight change. Unsurprisingly, if someone is undernourishing themselves quite extensively, that is going to lead to weight loss. 
doesn't necessarily mean a healthy weight loss. I need to add that disclaimer. Thinking about or fixating on food or calories a lot, low self-esteem, focusing on specific body parts, quite commonly the waistline and feeling like it's always too big, avoiding food or skipping meals, being secretive about what or how much someone is eating, or maybe even not eating it all around others, feeling anxious, nervous, or restless around mealtimes or around food or in social situations that involve food. So like if you're going to a restaurant or something with other people, avoiding specific foods that someone sees as fattening, believing that you're fat even when you're at a healthy weight or even underweight. So I'm just going to qualify that. Let's talk BMI terms. So believing that you have a much higher BMI than you actually do. Taking medicine to reduce your hunger or using appetite depressants. So depending on age in women, either period stopping or not even starting if it's affecting younger women or girls. In men, it can cause lower testosterone. In terms of physical problems, there's things like lightheadedness, dizziness, dry skin, hair loss coming from that lack of nourishment. There are other health conditions as well. So osteoporosis is quite common. Social withdrawal, which is common with other mental health conditions as well. And one telling one can also be someone wearing multiple layers, very baggy clothes to try and hide their body shape. That can be two things. One is that they're ashamed of the current body or they feel shame about the current body shape, or they know that they've lost weight and are trying to hide it. In terms of diagnosis, in simple terms, it's basically just displaying the symptoms and warning signs I just mentioned. The American Psychiatric Association does have a more specific criteria for diagnosis, which I'm just going to read out to you now. So they mentioned three things. Number one is an intense fear of gaining weight. So people with anorexia typically fear weight gain and dread becoming, in air quotations, fat. This fear often manifests itself through depriving the body of food. Second one, leading on from that, is food intake restriction. People with anorexia tend to eat less food than the body needs to function correctly. This may lead to significantly low body weight for the person's age and height. And thirdly, distorted body image. This has to do with the person's perception of their body size. People with anorexia often have exaggerated views of their bodies and they generally view themselves as overweight, even if they're dangerously underweight. So that's kind of the diagnosis criteria which is used in the US, but in short, it kind of ties in with the uh, symptoms I already mentioned. In terms of health impact, something to note about anorexia is that the chronic or long-term health impact can in some ways be more difficult to overcome than the impact of other eating disorders purely because you're undernourishing your body to a much greater degree. That doesn't mean that any one eating disorder is better or worse than the, than the others. Each one is unique and everyone's experience is unique and they're all just as challenging for the person battling it. And I can speak from my own experience on that. But purely in terms of overcoming the health impact of undernourishment, there can be specific challenges with anorexia that aren't necessarily as common or as likely with other eating disorders where you're not going to be undernourishing yourself to that same extent. I need to add a disclaimer as well. I'm not a doctor, so please don't take this as medical advice, but that is my own perception and that's kind of what I've read up on and hopefully it makes sense. Just to emphasize again, like I said, that doesn't mean any one eating disorder is better or worse than the other. It just means that there's some specific challenges from the undernourishment that anorexia causes. So in terms of health impact, I'm just going to read off this list again. You may have problems with muscles or bones, including feeling weak and tired, osteoporosis. And if someone's still at a sort of growing age, so they're a child or young adult, there may be problems with physical development, fertility problems. So with women, it's around the period. For men, testosterone, obviously. A loss of sex drive ties into that. Problems with heart and blood vessels. So that can include poor circulation, irregular heartbeat, low blood pressure, and even in more extreme cases, heart failure. Problem with brains and nerves, including fits or seizures and difficulties with concentration and memory. Digestive issues or kidney or bowel problems. Having a weakened immune system or anemia. Um, your body's not going to be getting the iron that it needs. Fatigue, low stamina, low energy. It, eating disorders and anorexia are, of course, mental health issues on their own but it can also exacerbate or 
make existing mental health issues feel worse. So if you're already dealing with anxiety or depression or stress in some other form or for or from some other source, it can kind of add to that. And all of this in turn can have a knock-on impact on how you socialize, on your relationships, on your work, on your school, on your sort of general sense of well-being and self-care. In terms of causes or triggers, as with every eating disorder, as with every mental health condition, we don't know exactly what causes anorexia. You may be more prone or likely to get anorexia or another eating disorder if you or a member of your family has a history of eating disorders or depression or issues around alcohol or drug addiction. If you've been criticized or have developed a negative relationship with either eating habits, body shape, or your weight, so either you've been criticized or you've been shamed for it or, you know, something else has happened in your life that's caused you to have that negative association, you're overly concerned with being slim particularly if you feel that pressure from society or from a job. I, I think we see it all the time, or it's been, it used to be reported quite regularly about fashion models had to try and be super thin or size zero. So I think that's quite common in particular sports as well. If someone needs to reach a certain weight category, it can, it can happen from there as well. Other issues around anxiety, self-esteem, having an obsessive personality or being a perfectionist can also have an impact. In terms of other risk factors, I think a general sense of body dissatisfaction or trying to chase a so-called ideal body as dictated by mainstream media or popular culture. You know, you have to remember that with pretty much anything you see in any kind of media, it's likely they've gone through plenty of different photos or videos and they've looked at getting the angles and filters right and maybe someone's trained to get a specific look. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. If you have a history of mild to moderate obesity, that can have an impact as well. I talked about this in one of my past episodes, how when I started to lose weight and started getting praised for losing weight, I started to associate being thinner or being lighter with that being better than what I was. And that kind of had an impact and I started to try and just get as light or as thin as possible. I never got to the extent of having anorexia because I was still eating regularly and I wasn't ever really undernourishing, although I did kind of probably push the limit a little bit of what you would count as sort of still moderately healthy eating. But yeah, if someone's lost weight, been praised for losing weight and have that association of thinner being better, that can, of course, uh, cause that as well. If you've been bullied about your weight or something, again, that can have an impact. I've also read that one of the most common triggers of eating disorders in men can be a history of sexual abuse. And I've included a link if you want to read into that one a little bit more. In terms of getting help or treatment, regardless of where you're based, your first course of action will always be to speak to a professional. That might be your GP or it might be a physician. That's your first point of call. If you're not comfortable talking to them or you can't speak to them for any reason, then a registered dietitian or nutritional therapist might be an option. If that feels too like, if that also feels like too much, then sometimes online therapy where you don't need to be face to face or in person can feel more accessible as a starting point. You know, even if sort of something more in depth and more face to face would be better for you in the long run, sometimes the hardest step is just getting started and there's nothing wrong with trying to make that hardest step a little bit easier. So, you know, maybe online therapy where you can do it over text or over phone might be a good sort of starting point to set you up to take on that next step. In terms of professional treatment, depending on your symptoms, doctors may recommend medications such as antidepressants. And then in terms of the types of therapy, which the NHS typically recommends, first up is cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, where you work with the therapist to cope with your feelings, understand nutrition and the effects of starvation and make healthier food choices. Uh, you've got the Maudsley Anorexia Nervosa Treatment for Adult or Mantra Therapy, and that involves talking to a therapist in order to understand what's causing your eating disorder. It focuses on what's important to you and helps you to change your behavior when you're ready. You have got specialist support clinical management where you'll learn about nutrition and how your eating habits cause your symptoms and you'll start working towards a target weight. And then you've also got focal psychodynamic therapy, which is trying to understand how your eating habits are related to what you think and how you feel about yourself and the other people in your life. Of course, if your eating disorder, whether anorexia or something else has caused another underlying health condition, such as osteoporosis or heart trouble or digestive trouble, 
then you may also have further clinical treatment to help deal with those symptoms too. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about on anorexia. You will, in the show notes, as well as the sources for most of what I've covered already, I will include some resources for more information and also some helplines and chat rooms where you can get some more help. It's a tricky topic and I know how difficult it can be to get support. So please do feel free to read through those. This will also go up on the website, fitnessdrifter.com. And if you have any questions, you can reach me on there. Uh, it's fitnessdrifter.com slash contact, or you can reach me on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. My username is fitnessdrifter, all one word on pretty much all of them. So yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. Please do get help if it is something you're going through. Please do feel free to check out the resources either in the show notes or on the website as well.